Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you thought Big 12 defenses were a joke, now that schools can practice tackling only once a week, wait until next year. Thanks a lot, Concussion. Enjoy the show. Yeah! Welcome back to Wisdom of the Wannabes. You got Alan. And Ryan. And as uh, I guess we had SEC media days, Big 12 media days, and Ryan, for the first time in, I guess, what, five years? I feel like we're really ahead of the curve here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got two conferences of the Big Five down. That's true. And now two divisions of uh, NFL. You're right. We are vastly ahead of where we usually are. You're right. You're right. We'll 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 take that credit from all three of you out there listening. Uh, uh, yeah, I just checked. I checked the page count views today, or the page views today, and it, it's not pretty. But by God, it does peak in the fall. It's like we, it's we, like all the way up to forty. I think it's like golf. The lower you go, the better you are. Well, uh, you know, with our hero, the guy who is probably wasted more bandwidth because he inspired people like us, Bill Simmons getting a new job at HBO. He's going to have to build a new grant land. Yeah. He probably needs us. Yeah. This could be our, uh, our audition uh, tape for him. We could give him a deal. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> called get us tickets to a couple of cool things and we'll just call it a day. I think that'd probably be it. Well, and uh, he'll be the GM of the Clippers at some point in his lifetime if his uh, dream comes true. Uh, I thought, is that now? It was going to be taken over for Stern, but I think that's long gone so far because I think, what's his name? Uh, who's the new guy, the new Stern? Mike Teslive. New, that's SEC. NBA commissioner. Silver. Some- there you go, Silver. Yeah, Silver. All right. Well, there. We touched on the NBA. So let's get back into things that we actually know about. And by the way, uh, Commissioner Silver, um, there's got to be like a 73% chance that that dude is, in fact, an alien. Why? Because he, A, looks like it. He looks like Mitch Pelagi's cousin from X-Files. Google it, and, uh, and then you answer that question for me. All right. Well, I will say this much is uh, I like him. At least floating out the ideas that uh, you know the playoffs may be jacked with, because yep. that would at least give people something to tune into. Even though I still want the seating to be different rather than the automatic, you know, you win, you get in. But hell, I, I think he's good. He'll be good for the league. I think he's done a lot of good things. I think what he, uh, you know, the way he handled Donald Sterling's situation was, I think, fantastic. Um, you know, we'll see. They, they. They're growing, don't get me wrong, but they could be doing better than they are. Well, speaking of commissioners, there's no commissioner that's better than Roger Goodell of the NFL. And we will have that uh, Tom Brady, what, result, trial, or, you know, verdict, suspension, whatever you want to call it, just any day now, which probably means end of the year. August. Um, You think August? It seems like they're dragging it out left and right. Well, but. here's the deal. I think, you know, and I and I, I have always been one to not defend Roger Goodell, but empathize with him when he's taken a lot of heat. Uh, but the way that this, and not this thing in a vacuum, but when you look at the handling of Bountygate. Ray Rice, well, Bountygate, Ray Rice and the, you know, Peterson and Greg Hardy and, and, you know, and I know that there's elements of the judicial system that are outside of the control of the commissioner. However, the general overall handling of all of those situations and then looking at this one, it's like, dude, you, this is a mess. Like this is, this whole, your whole I don't know what it is, enforcement or uh, conduct, whatever you want to call it. Like that, that, that chunk of the business of the NFL is horribly broken. Well, what's funny is when he came into it, you know, and we brought this up numerous times over the years, it was 
to clean up the players' behavior in the league. Yeah. That was his mantra coming in. It was going to be if you, you know, bring uh, questionable characters into this league by the draft, then as a team and an organization, you you hold the risk. That disappeared really quickly when his 32 bosses said, oh, really? How do you like that check? He said, you know, you're right. I'll punish the players instead. And the whole, again, we talked about last week, the players' union negotiated this. They have a weak union. Right. Uh, yep. They can't keep crying wolf every time they realize, wow, we should have thought about that. We really before got hurt. Your deal. You know, that's the deal is these guys need to go to the mats. Unfortunately, they can't. Um, they just don't have the power. They could turn into – if the Major League Baseball Players Union is the most powerful union in sports, at least in the U.S., and a fraction of the NFL viewing audience watches baseball, the NFL Players Association should be more powerful. They just don't have the ability to actually sit there and say – you know what? We're not going to play. Yeah. And that's that's where it's going to come down to is that one, if you can imagine this scenario that two teams run out for the Super Bowl to shake hands and do a coin toss and then sit down on the field, that would be so awesome. Yeah. You talk about the ultimate strike, that would just get everything you wanted right there. Well, let me tell you something. Here's what I firmly believe. While I think that sounds like a pretty good movie, I think also the collective group of players and the collective um, financial planning savvy yes. um, is significantly lower than the collective group of the owners financial and business savvy. Oh, yeah. The players no, would do that for 45 minutes, and then they would start playing. And don't get me wrong. I think there are people like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and Peyton Manning, uh, John Elway, uh, basketball side Magic Johnson, people who have been extremely smart with their money. And let, let, let's be really honest. It's not that difficult to be – fairly smart with the amount of money you're talking about these guys are making, right? It's not really that hard. Um, and however, I think that the, there is a larger contingency of players that live life lavishly and who can blame them. We're all human, but the owners, the owners have all the leverage in every way, shape or form. And the players can get pissed off about it all they want to, but they're not going to do a goddamn thing until the next collective bargaining agreement. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, it's, Certainly not a great show, but uh, HBO's Ballers with The Rock is, yeah. uh, you know, basically Jason Taylor becoming an agent is essentially what the scenario is. Um, it's really interesting to watch it because he has learned how to manage money, and he's trying to talk to guys that if he was wearing a helmet and shoulder pads, they would listen to every single thing he said without question. But because he's not talking about on-the-field stuff, and he's in a suit, they rather let, you know, their friend that they grew up with, their boy, manage the money, and it's you can just see it going away. Now, I'm not going to say, it, you know, every quarterback's the best money investor. Look at Mark Brunel. But, uh, you know, there are several guys that need financial help, mm -hmm. and that's why they need to have, I think, in one of the most violent sports where the biggest money-making engine there is – which thank God for the Packers being a, you know, I don't know, it's not publicly traded, even though I guess you can get shares. They have to report on income, and that's the only way we see how these teams make so much money. Yeah. We have an idea, but due to the Packers, we know one of 32 teams how much revenue is coming through, and it's amazing to see that. Yeah. So when you turn around and understand almost all those contracts are national – contracts that are split 32 ways and then you have the guys in st louis crying poverty you got the davises in oakland crying poverty the chargers crying poverty there's a difference between their level of poverty and what's happening but in the end of the game it's i want the players and i'm usually on the other side of this discussion i wish the nfl players had more protection 
and a better lifestyle outside of, you know, making a lot of money than they do right now. Yeah. I I mean, you know, guaranteed contracts scare me, but it's got to work both ways. And when you've got three other leagues, four other leagues with guaranteed contracts, and then you've got the one that everybody really pays attention to with non-guaranteed, and you have these two guys making $140 million catching the ball, but it's like how much of that 140 is actually really contractually relevant money? I don't know. Yeah. It just it feels one-sided, and it goes back to what we started with is have a player's union worth a damn or don't have Well, and, and yeah, I, I think to, to your point also, I, I go back and forth on it. I think at the end of the day, the, play, the owners would give up another percentage of the revenue share um, – another percentage point before they would instill uh, guaranteed contracts, or if they instill guaranteed guaranteed contracts, they would put a very low ceiling on it to try and squash it. Um, Only because, like you said, it is so violent. I agree with you, though. I I, I tend to believe that, not that I'm siding with owners, but I tend to believe there are a tremendous number of resources available to these players. And... I'm sure they take advantage of a lot of them, uh, but I, I, I in, in terms of taking care of themselves financially, I mean, I, I think that's on them. Um, you know, oh, if yeah. you look at a lot of these and, and you think about like a guaranteed contract in the NBA, you know, that, where they, I mean, it's crazy how the, the how different it is. Just what they will pay like mid-tier players uh, versus the NFL, but like, you know, there are people getting like fifty million dollars guaranteed. Oh, well, look at what J.J. Barea just got, and it's only because of, you know, Jordan and everything else that's happened. Barea was about to make, I think, a veteran minimum, and now he got a a ridiculous deal for what he brings to the court. Yeah. And it's purely because, I don't know, I, I, it comes back to the fact that Cuban can't live, he can't back up his promise the same way that DeAndre Jordan couldn't back up his. He said he was going to tank and rebuild. He just can't do it. Well, say, you know, let's do a pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, and and here's the deal with the NBA. One final note on this is um, one player can make a significantly bigger difference on an NBA team than one player on an NFL team. You know, say for like maybe you're you're upgrading your quarterback to something stupid. You You know, like. You know, you're, you're kind of getting Aaron Rodgers in his twilight with three good years, and you're getting in a trade, you know, one and a half, two really, really good years of his. But, you know, outside of that, the, the significant impact that a, that a major acquisition or whatever trade can bring to an NBA team pays, can pay much higher dividends much quicker with one player. I mean, you've got to think about it. It's only 20% of their, oh, yeah. 20% of their team versus, you know, one whatever. Tenth of the team on the NFL team. Uh, I was going to even do, you know, twenty-two men. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math. Well, whatever. I said it backwards, but you know what? I, you know what? I'm I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right. Well, that's our rant on uh, salary cap and league negotiations. But <laughs> let's transition into uh, expert expert analysis. Yeah, a little NFL divisional talk. We're going to pick up what uh, I think for the past two years until this year with the AFC East has been probably our favorite AFC division, which is the North. Oh. Just because it's been so competitive with three of the four. Impossible to pick. The only thing I can tell you is who's going to finish last. That's exactly what I was going to say. So let's cover that real quick. Johnny Manziel may touch the field a couple of games, and the team is going to suck. They will be a top five uh, draft pick next year. Do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I don't. I, I don't see it happening. One. One iota. All right. So now we're going to. Uh, I don't know what you're looking at, but you know, want to talk how they finished last year? How you think they'll finish this year? Or you want to do it alphabetically? Yeah. Why don't you? Because I know you got it in front of me. Let's look at how they did uh, last year. Well. I can't do that, so I'll talk about how they're going to be previewed this year. Awesome. I am going to be uh, saying that we should start with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, hold on. Before you start, I'm sorry for interrupting, but, no. we, you know, obviously the, the main thing that happened last year is Ravens Pittsburgh. beat the Steelers in the playoffs. 
Did they play? They played a wild card game, I believe. Yeah, but Pittsburgh won the North, and you know, and I think I just saw something which is crazy. I think Cleveland beat Cincy twice, which is just shocking to me yeah. if that's accurate. But uh, look, we don't have a full t- team of in- uh, interns doing this for us, so we make it up as we go along. But uh, anyways, I think uh, let's just start with we'll start with the Steelers. For the hell of it, okay? Yeah. Steelers. Everything that we knew about the Steelers has always been tied to that defense. But when you look at it uh, in what happened last year, they are one of the best offenses around. And it's a sneaky good offense. You know, Roethlisberger, I think, has been probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks. And I think that's uh, probably on purpose due to his – Kind of issues at the beginning of his year. Ironically, him, his ironically, him and Flacco both seem to be Super Bowl winning, extremely underrated quarterbacks. Yes, and Flacco is just because of Flacco. I don't think he's high in anything. Ben, on the other hand, is like, yeah, I can't get any endorsements. I'm just going to make money and go into the Hall of Fame, and you know, I'll do a Chevy dealership in Pittsburgh for the rest of my life. But, uh, you know, last year, I think they won uh, 11 games and, again, made it into the playoffs. You said they got knocked out, and I have no reason to doubt you. I just don't have that in front wild of me. Wild card round, I think that, that's what, the, yeah, they uh, Baltimore played them again, the wild card round, and beat them. Oh, that's what I love about these guys. It's They're always circling each other uh, because typically the East is just the Patriots and no one else. We think that's going to change this year. What hurts for them, though, is coming out, they're scheduled this year. And, uh, you know, again, schedule gets a little dicey. But when you have to go to Seattle, to Kansas City, to San Diego, um, I don't know what San Diego is going to be. I think that's pretty damn tough. They have the number one toughest rated schedule, 2015 schedule in the NFL uh, today, right now. Uh, You know, obviously halfway through the season, those teams could – collapse what's interesting about the Steelers is um they've I think they've got a potential to be a phenomenal offense um Antonio they've got everybody back Antonio Brown is a stud Levon Bell is a Le'Veon Bell is minus his four game suspension which actually I don't know if it's been reduced to two already or what but I know that he's facing that suspension yeah they'll they'll I I don't know, but either way, in the you know in the heart of the season in weeks ten through twelve, um, you know they're you know assuming everybody's healthy, that's when I think you're going to see this team come on. What's interesting about Pittsburgh is, for as long as I can remember watching NFL, Pittsburgh's been known for their defense, and there's you know they're they're you know Palomalu's gone, Dick LeBeau's gone, the uh, yep. um, they've lost a lot of guys, and they're rebuilding that defense. So it'll be very very interesting is. It seemed like they could score some points and, you know, maybe, you know, kind of uh, the time of possession game could do very well with that. But, man, their defense, that that might get uh, – that, that'll be a big question mark, especially when we're facing, you know, A.J. Green twice a year. Yeah, I think um, the defense is going to be the weakness, but they have the offense to stick into games now. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think Tomlinson as a coach has, you know, kind of – realized and Todd Haley, you know, I think we all watched the first, I think this is year three. The first year was really bad. The communication between Haley and Roethlisberger, but last year they, they finally realized how to work with each other. And when you've got, you know, Le'Veon Bell running a storm, but then this, I didn't know. And I'm glad I read up on it before our draft is Antonio Brown led the NFL in catches. Yeah. Uh, you know, points per reception league. How the hell did I miss that? Yeah, he was he was like the he was like Andre Johnson like six seven years ago. Unbelievable, yeah. 129 catches. That is unreal. And they picked up um, you know a couple of great guys, and then they went back in and you know kind of did the whole let's make sure that we fill the holes on defense because they understand that they are you know. They lost a lot with, like you were saying, Palomahu and some of the other guys. But that the whole – the defense is getting old 
getting rid of Dick LeBeau, and I don't think you get rid of Dick LeBeau. You ask him to leave gently, and he goes. But the average age dropped down to 26 and a half years, and it may drop even further depending on how training camp shakes out. I think this is a team that surprisingly went to one that I was thinking was kind of on that the window had closed type of deal to I think the window is still very much open. My only concern really, truly, is the schedule. Yeah. I just think it's it's really tough. Their best thing is that they have a bye, you know, after well, after their November 15th game against the Cleveland high school team. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I mean, listen to this schedule. It is after your bye, when you get healthy, at Seattle, Indy at home, at Cincinnati, Denver at home, at Baltimore. And then you close out the season with the Cleveland High School All Stars. Wow, that's... Uh, that that could really, I mean, well, two, two, you got to go five hundred there. Two things on that is number one, this is like totally the type of scenario where Cleveland would put, play spoiler and knock Pittsburgh out because they're so beat up. I mean, that's a that, that's a tough run. And I'm just imagining oh, it's a brutal run. I'm imagining uh, coming out of that bye, you know, obviously that's when they'll be the freshest, but I'm imagining um, Jimmy Graham of the Seattle Seahawks having a 11 catch, 195 yard, three touchdown kind of day on a discombobulated young coming together defense. Well, but they won't be coming together at that point in time. I mean, your defense is set there. Well, where they will be all over the place is opening night of the NFL season when they have to go to New England. That could be scary with a guy named Gronkowski running or you know wide open and picking you apart. Yeah, that is very true right there. Now they do get. I I can't believe we're saying this, but due to all the changes, you have to open up at New England, but then you get the 49ers at home and but. That looks like a disaster way. Man, it, it it could be some lean years in the Bay Area there for the Niners. Oh, God. It, it's a good thing they got their stadium because now they're going to just pocket all their league money. Well, they they you know they might come out and surprise some folks. I sincerely doubt it. But the uh, but I don't think in week two you can surprise everybody because you're relatively healthy. Yeah, you're ready to go. You just know that this team and you look at that coach. Dude, that looks like me in a walrus mustache getting ready to go out there and coach. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And then uh, they have to go to St. Louis. And I, I'm really curious to see, you know, what Fisher has, what Nick Foles, and we'll hit that one later on. But this just is a uh, – Brutal schedule. This schedule set up really well for them, but that back end is just brutal. You better come out of the gates firing. Yeah, you, you- Having a run like that toward to close out the season is tough, um, especially when you play as in tough a division as they play in. Uh, and speaking of why that's tough, unless you want to hit it, do you have anything no, else? No, no. All right, so who I think because of this schedule that's going to take the place again, I feel like they're alternating, you know, uh, every other year is the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, you know, they made the playoffs six of the past seven years. Uh, they did, you know, lose. Well, they lost Tory Smith, oh. which was always I always thought the number two. And Owen Daniels are tied in. Huh? Owen Daniels are that tight end. Yeah, but they uh, they drafted a new tight end. It's supposed to be pretty badass. Well, uh, and then you know, for them though, that tight end position is you know with Pitta and then Daniels, it's kind of been a next man up type deal. Yeah, that's true. I think Flacco is good, and the most important thing is having that running game with Forsett. Yeah, he had a good year last year. He was good. And if he can do that twice, and they obviously, and when you say they, in this organization, it's Ozzie Newsom. If he thinks that you're worth you know, a three-year you know, contract, that's a pretty good sign, even though I'm sure they can cut you in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's a, he, he's a sharp, he's a, he's a good GM. What I'm concerned about is I think Gary Kubiak is a great offensive coordinator. Yeah. Shitty head coach. Yeah. Uh, but he's gone back to Denver. So you got a new guy coming in, which is Mark Tressman, which we don't know. Or actually, I guess he came up through the ranks as a coordinator until he went to Canada. Then he took over the Bears. Bears that's right. He was the Bears guy. 
he shat the bed. But then again, with Cutler, I don't know what else he could do. That was a that was a tough position he was put in managing. Yeah, and my other concern is when Flacco, you know, gets hurt. Even though he's one of those guys that just doesn't seem to get hurt. Well, he's I don't, really. I don't think people realize he's big. He's like six five and a half, six six. He's a he's a big dude. He's big yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he better be because their backup is Matt. I'm gonna throw three interceptions. Shaw. Hey, let me tell you something right now. I would take Matt Schaub as a backup quarterback over a whole lot of other backup quarterbacks in the NFL today, only because I've seen him do great shit. Really? Yes. Is that in Atlanta? Because I didn't see it in Houston. Um. <laughs> I'm discounting a lot of things just on the way that he wrote out. Town. Well, he had a season that was like like two seasons before that. He was like great, fantastic. Everybody loved him. Great year. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, uh, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, Come on. I don't love the guy. I'm just saying I'm more confident in that backup than you know McCown, Josh McCown. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, we'll get to him before too long. But too. Here's an interesting dynamic with the Ravens is their defenses. Uh, you know, they got rid of, uh, um, God, I'm going to, but you know, try to say Nagata. Yeah. They got rid of because, Nagata, okay. but, um, but they, I, I, I their defense is still going to be good. It's going to be really, really solid. Uh, their offense is the question mark. And I think it's interesting when you think about Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And I think, you and I would probably agree I'm putting these two guys as 1A and 1B yeah. uh, in this division. And um, it's interesting that the, you know, coming together of the offense versus the coming together of this new defense on these two teams uh, will be interesting to watch because we get to watch them twice a year, which is great. Um, but I, I got to give the edge to the Ravens, to be honest. I think, you know, you are having young new set of receivers, that Perryman guy they drafted. Uh, Williams, the tight end they drafted. Uh, That's who I like just because I'm guessing he must be white uh, because it says that they are comparing him to Jason Witten. But even though when your name is Max with two X's, that may not be right. But, um, yeah, having an outstanding tight end has always been something that Baltimore has to have. And that's one of the things that them picking up Owen Daniels just drove me nuts. I never understood it. Well, their opening is tough, man. You know, got to go at Denver. But the good news is with your new defense, you're playing, as we'll talk about next week or the following, you're playing against a makeshift offensive line backing up an immobile Peyton Manning. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you get Oakland, Cincy, and then you got to go at Pittsburgh October 1st. Um, it, it could be, again, you know, one of these ones that they close out at Miami, Seattle, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, you're right. It goes right back to 1A, 1B with these guys. Yeah. Nobody's getting any favors. Well, especially at the end of the season there. And then, of course, I think you throw in the three team, uh, which is, you know, the Bengals, who I think the uh, – I, you know, I just I, – You think Dalton is selling his house by October the 31st or not? Um. No, I don't. I mean, I, I think he'll do all right. I think he'll do all right. And he always does all right as the season starts and progresses. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's bad. I think he's I think he's like he seems like this quarterback that are he's like right on the verge of. Like he's at this tipping point of becoming man, you can teeter over and be really awesome or teeter over and just crumble. And I still think we're waiting for that to happen. But I, I've seen them play really good football. I've seen them play extraordinarily bad football in the playoffs. Yes. But I've seen them play a lot of really good football. And the second piece is concerning. But, um, they, man, A.J. Green's a superstar. He a, is. A bona fide superstar. And they've got that who is Giovanni Bernard and uh, yep. another running back. Um, Jeremy Hill. Yeah, Hill. You know, that's that's your that's your carbon copy or your de, you know definition of running back by committee and those guys are good. Yeah, I, I and actually I think Dalton has it. It's just I don't know if he's built or he's dug a hole so deep here that mentally he can't get out of. I think he could be a person that they can you know whatever team is a contender but just has some bad luck happen to him this year. 
and drops down and has some good picks that they don't really want. I can see this kind of being that let's just flip, you know, a good quarterback in or, you know, he needs a change of scenery, but he doesn't need a change of scenery like to Jacksonville or to Oakland or something like that. It's like, I think he could succeed in a really good program. Cincinnati has historically been a mediocre program at best. They've got a lot of down years with a couple of good years, but, you know, they've traded water. I think Marvin Lewis is a coach. Just good Lord. You're all right. I'm all right. Did you fall, sneeze, or what? No, nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing going on here, officer. Nothing at all to see here. Keep moving along. I, I think Marvin Lewis and um, Dalton are both saying here, if it doesn't happen this year, they're gone. You know, and you don't flush the whole franchise. I think that uh, you've got, like you're saying, A.J. Green outside and, you know, Marvin Jones, who missed quite a bit last year, he's coming back. you got running backs. Uh, they're loaded. I don't know who they replaced Gresham with, but – uh, maybe they drafted a tight end coming out, but they did put their first two draft picks against offensive linemen. That tells me that they're smart and they're building from the ground up. Well, and they're committed to their quarterback right now. Well, I, I mean, they were for this year at least. And then again, you know, well, they were drafting kind of late since they made the playoffs. I don't know. I, I just – I love their defense when Mike Zimmer was the defensive coordinator. Now he's in Minnesota. Yep. I don't have nearly as much fear of that defense as I used to. And, uh, you know, that's – I'll be honest, I can go into a lot of detail or try to wing it here, but this comes down to the offense. They do a good job to make it – I mean, you don't win 10, 11, and 10 games in three years in the NFL by Sunday. No, it's – that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. But when you go in and you don't just get beat, you get manhandled in the playoffs. That's that's what's killing their fan base. Well, they yeah, I think the they have the skill. They have all the talent in place. They can do good things. I, I actually like that they've stuck with Marvin Lewis for this long. Um, I think that's that's you know it's almost like looking at the Steelers and how they operate and and trying to to, to mimic that. You know, in terms of Andy Dalton, I, I think you know they, you know they, they people talk about this huge contract that they gave him, but you know if you look at it closely, it's a very um, team friendly contract um, that they're not they're not uh, you, you know beholden to him to a whole ton of money, especially early on. You know, a place that I could see him doing very well with what they've got is Buffalo. Um, Sammy Watkins is a I, yeah. think, I think a superstar in the making. He had that with uh, A.J. Green, had a really good rapport with A.J. Green. They did a lot of good things, uh, you know, made a lot of plays. And, you know. Could, but do you really want to convince yourself that you're built to go to Buffalo? Well, you know what? I I just – I think Buffalo is – they. Have, I mean, think about it. you got LaShawn. No, I, I, I'm expecting good things out of them. I think you got a great coach. You've got a – Turd at quarterback. So, yeah, you're right. That's I mean, if, if you're Rex Ryan and Marvin Lewis comes to you and says, what do you say we swap? I mean, I don't know who the other uh, – Matt Castle? Uh, yes. Like, I will trade you straight up Andy Dalton for Matt Castle. Like, the the, the dollars wouldn't work out, I realize, but – No, well, hell. You get what we, I'm saying? If I'm Rex Ryan, I'm, if I'm Rex Ryan, I'm saying give me 20 minutes to think about this. Yeah, I, I can see that because I think Rex has proven that he can do something with a certain type of quarterback. And, I, you know, Geno is not it, obviously. Um, I love that A.J. McCarron is still sticking around as backup quarterback there. Um, this is a team that I honestly can see that after making the playoffs, you know, for three years, they're done. I, I think this is – they fall off the cliff, and it's the Steelers and Baltimore coming in, and that's it. Yeah, I'm not quite ready to write them off just yet. I, I don't I don't argue I, – I don't blame you for having that sentiment, but I'm, I feel like, you know what, it's a it's a uh, contract year for AJ, A.J. Green and one other of their receivers. Um, 
anyway, but they, um, but I, I, I don't know. I think he'll have a good year. I think that'll really help Dalton out. I think they got a fighter's chance, a puncher's chance in this division, to be really honest with you. I, I could see them compete with those other guys. Well, I'm going to take their spot um, and shift it over to the AFC East and say that we get two teams out of the East rather than the North this year. You think two teams out of the AFC East? Yes. Yeah. I mean, just based on what we said earlier, and that basically means that I'm hoping and praying that uh, my Texans are getting the other one because we still got to get to the South and the West. But that's pretty much it for AFC North, unless you've got any other points you want to hit hammer on before we hit the same geographical area but switch over to college. No, we don't need to talk about Cleveland. They'll they'll <laughs> overachieve by one or two games, and they'll still finish under 500, and they still won't have a quarterback. And uh, I am saying that Manziel may be CFL bound or an Italian league somewhere. I, I don't know. I think he's out of. I think he's out of football within two years. I, I think so too. I think this his biggest deal was if he had stayed at A and M one more year, a he wouldn't have changed who he is, but maybe he would have learned a couple more things and he wouldn't have ended up in Cleveland. And that's. The sorry thing that said, you know, about being the quarterback is that you are supposed to be the savior, but you really don't have that system built in most places. And I think that goes back to uh, was it Eli that didn't want to go to San Diego, so that's why Philip Rivers went there. Yeah, or? they were like one in. They were one in two. San Diego had the first pick. The Giants had the. Um, I don't know if it was the second pick or whatever, but um, maybe the third. But. Uh, yeah, they were like adamant that like we're not going to the fucking Chargers. Like, well, that's where I'm sitting there, and I don't know how the NBA works compared to the NFL. But the poor bastard has to go to the 76ers. I would have just sat out a year and gone to play for you know Moscow U or whatever the hell it is, and get a lot of money and then come back in because that's probably better than playing you know in Philly. But anyways, I digress. Hey, let me tell you something. If Philly is going to pay me as a number one pick $25 million a year, you know what I'm doing? I'm playing shitty basketball in Philadelphia. (laughs) All right. That's fine. All right, Big Ten. I really, you know, I opened the, you know, the preview mags and got ready to talk about why I thought that this was going to be a, a year that Ohio State could not repeat. And, The only thing I was basing it on, to be honest with you, was I figured there would be some sort of problems in the locker room uh, between the three amazingly good quarterbacks that have decided to stick together. And then tonight, Braxton Miller, you know, comes out and says he's moving to wide receiver. I think that basically for me just kind of I want to, you know, go all Sparty here, but I can't. And I just think Ohio State is so freaking loaded. I, I don't know what else. I mean, unless you can convince me otherwise, I, I think they're for sure going back into the Final Four. And more than likely, they are winning the Big Ten National Champ or the Big Ten Conference Championship. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so. Yes, initially, I, I think yes, they are they are a better team. Um, Michigan State uh, lost. Didn't have a whole lot of returning starters back, and they lost uh, Narduzzi. So how do you say it? Their defensive coordinator, um, yep. who's been fantastic there, and everything's Ohio State's got everything going for it. It's really, really, really hard to repeat, um, especially in this new format. Um, but in terms of like, I think there's. Oh, well, let's just talk conference because I think a lot of the stuff you're right. can change. You're right. So yes, winning the conference, yes, I I, I can see them doing that. A couple of interesting notes uh, is um, I think probably Michigan State, Wisconsin, you know, those three teams. Uh, I like the Paul Chris hire at Wisconsin a lot. Um, I think that's a great, great hire. I think it's a good fit. I think I love it because it keeps ki- kicking Pittsburgh in the ass. Well, and it's also a, you know, it's I, I don't think there's – they were good last year, and I don't think there's a lot of um, – I don't think there's a lot of uh, 
Dude, they, learning curve. There's not going to be a lot of learning curve. I think he's going to jump in and do great, and they're going to be great. And, you know, they – and unfortunately, if I'm not mistaken, so you have Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin's in the – I don't know what – Wisconsin's in the West. Yeah, okay, so they're in a different your, division. Your debate there is – Nebraska's probably – It's going to be there. It's, it's Denver and Nebraska. Yeah, Minnesota and Nebraska. Or Minnesota might, might be might. – They would have to – I mean – Look, Minnesota and Coach Kill, they're a fantastic story, but they just don't have the talent no, they don't. to survive an entire season. So it comes down to, you know, Riley and Nebraska instilling a bunch of new things. Can magic happen overnight? I don't know. Usually it's year two, not year one. Yeah. Wisconsin, you know, again, new coach, but he was the former offensive coordinator before he went to Pittsburgh. He knows the program inside and out. They're kind of, you know, again, it's for them, a lot of it's next man up. These guys, I I think the West, for them to knock off the East championship is just going to be ridiculous. And honestly, if I was sitting here in this conference, I would be going, can we not, like, rotate this out? Because – the East has so many relatively good teams or at least powerful brands compared to the West. It's ridiculous. Well, here they, they do right now. Um, here's the – But, all right, right now. All right, so let's go back and let's take a look at this. Ohio State, historically, I would say a, a top ten, if not top five team, right? Yep. Michigan State, not historically, but in the last 20 years, yeah. a top – 10, top 15? Yeah, yeah, maybe not 20, but yeah, 15, 10, 15. Penn State, minus that whole little scandal issue, going back 20 years, is a top tenner. Yeah. And then Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really four teams on one side of the ledger against the other side, which is Wisconsin-Nebraska, and then you fall off dramatically. Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I, I w- They did themselves a bad disservice. I would argue that the last seven, eight years – Wisconsin and Nebraska collectively have been better than Michigan and Penn State by 100 miles. Um, I'm not going to argue with – I mean, just in that short period of time. Right. No, I'm not going to argue with that. But I want to take a, a longer view, you know, long-term view of that. And I think that they can come back, and I really think that you've just got this loaded East that will eat each other up. And you're going to have kind of what isn't this what the Big Twelve North was? Yeah, I was okay. thinking of this earlier today. I was just about to say that it's the Big when 12. the Big Twelve started, the North was Nebraska and Colorado. Yeah, and they kind of took turns every couple of years. Yep, and they let the South beat each other up, or let one team just run away with it in a couple of years, and just sat there waiting. And I think that's what you kind of do here. Because you know that you've got a really, really good shot as being a Big Ten champion, whether you win it overall or win it in the conference championship, that you can slide into that uh, Final Four. Yeah, I, at, at the end of the day, I think the the Big Ten, Ohio State, I, I, I truly believe that Ohio State is going to stumble and not repeat, only because, again, it's so dang hard to do. Um, right. But I can't say that I think they're not going to win the conference. I think. Well, you know, again, it goes back to the talent on the field and looking at the end schedules. Beardo, they open at Virginia Tech, which we talked about Virginia Tech. I think Beamer Ball is taking a step back. I mean, it's a quality. I mean, it's a quality scheduling. It is. But all right. So you got Vautech, Hawaii. Northern Illinois, a perennial RNL Carrier Bowl participant or whatever else. Western Michigan at Indiana, Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, Minnesota, Illinois, then Michigan State and Michigan. So you open at a, I'd say a what, uh, you know, a 750 team right there, Virginia Tech. They could, you have to go to their house. That's a good game. It's a good quality schedule. But then you can run the table until the end of November. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That scares me, you know, or that's not, it doesn't scare me. It's what tells me that I can kind of sit back and go, man, you're going to have 
so much time to figure out who you are that you will probably, you know, just bum rush. That's eight games. Michigan State and Michigan. It's, it's eight games. I yeah. I I think the. I mean, I, on paper and in theory, yeah, that 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 is good. And I agree with you, but I I think there's a risk there too, where you're closing out the season. You're getting all confident. You you know you come out. Some team punches you in the mouth. It's going to be Michigan State. I mean, but let's not un, let's not discount Jim Harbaugh. Don't get me wrong. I don't think no. He's not going to come in. And, he's not going to come in and turn them into an undefeated team overnight. But let me tell you something. That will be a vastly different football team than what we've seen the last you know three, four, five years in Michigan. I will tell you this much: that uh, this is one of the ones I was looking at, except. Their games, you know, are at Utah, which I think Utah may have some lead in their pencils. Oregon State, we don't know now. Uh, UNLV, that is a high school team. And then BYU, that's their September. Then you kind of get the middle of this, you know, October, which includes Michigan State. But I guarantee you what Harbaugh has circled on, whether he'll admit it or not, because we know coaches don't admit this, they are going to knock off Ohio State. Yeah. I'll put that out there right now. That game, unless there's some injuries that we can't foresee, that is his goal is to spoil that because he can build on that one game. Well, and it's the last game of the year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, it's just, yeah. I mean, outside of the Meineke Car Care Bowl or whatever they'd end up in. I think last year they went 5-7. and seven. This year they are going bowling. It probably won't be a great bowl, but they are going to do everything they can to play spoiler to Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And I remember seeing video when Jim Tressel started at Ohio State and he was addressing the students. And, you know, the thing he said is that first year is that we will beat Michigan. And that was, and that was all they cared about. And I don't think he said Michigan. I think he said the team from the West or whatever, you know, because they can't stand each other. That may be my geography off by a hair. But, um, yes, I mean, this game, I think, means the world to Michigan this year. It means the world to both teams every single year. Same as you guys back when you had two major games, you and the Ags, you and OU. We don't have that tech. I'd love to say we did, but we don't. that's really it. Uh, the guys that get squeezed out of that, you know, are Penn State. I really have no idea what to expect out of that team, nor do I really care, to be honest with you. I think they'll be. I think they'll be. I think they'll be better. Who is it? James Franklin. I mean, that, that he's. Yes. He's good. Yes. He's he's, he's perfect. That's a hell of a hire. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I do like the fact that here you're you know, talking about six teams, maybe even seven with Minnesota. Iowa is kind of that biggest – it's an Iowa team. No one's going to talk about them. They could probably go, you know, 10-0, beat everybody by 50 points, and you still would not really talk about them. Yeah, this could be a – I think this is very much a – potential of a Kirk Ferentz hot seat. And they've been loyal to him and he's been good to them for a, a, a lot, a lot of years. Uh, but I, you know, if they finish around 500, which is, I think what they've been averaging the last three or four years, um, I, I think you're going to, you might see a change made, but you'll, if not, you'll definitely see a pressure cooker situation for the 2016 season. Well, uh, according to our inside source, who's been in Iowa for the past month. Jesus. That was the big topic at the, uh, you know, we'll call it the Dairy Queen, because that's the only thing I can think of, is people were talking about the crops, and they were talking about uh, Kirk. And uh, after 16 years, and do you know who his offensive coordinator is? Who? Greg Davis. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, they have a really easy slate, actually. Uh, but I just don't know if they have the talent to do anything with it because their only big games are going to Wisconsin where they'll get killed and to Nebraska where they'll get killed. So you could look at possibly a nine-win Hawkeye team. Um, I just don't know, and frankly, I don't care. Yeah, I don't think they are going to make much noise. I think this is a 
if you're looking at tiers of teams, I think you've got your, you know, Michigan State, you know, Ohio State up there, Michigan State, you know, maybe close to that. You know, Michigan's going to be a fascinating team to watch, but, you know, they're not up there. you got to put Wisconsin, maybe Nebraska. But, I, you know, there's some, there's some significant drop-off. Yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, again, your top four teams, which is great to have that at least on both sides, Wisconsin, Nebraska on one, Ohio State, Michigan State on the other. Then you drop down to the next tier. On the east, it's Penn State and Michigan. Penn State, just basically based on history and, you know, what they've got and the coach. Uh, Michigan, because of the coach. Uh, and then you, you know, you're getting to, into Minnesota, which I think is, you know, thin grounds. And then, you know, your bottom of it is your bottom. Good God. Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, and Northwestern, which is a was a fun story in 1995, but now I think that they are ready to uh, probably rebuild again. Yeah, I don't. There's yeah, there's nothing going on there. Let's be honest. Well, all right. So uh, we're calling it both of us. I assume. Well, I'm, I'm not going to assume anything, but so I can type it out right. In the East, are you going to Ohio State or Michigan State? Uh, I got to go Ohio State. Yeah, I've got to change mine as well. And then on the flip side, uh, the West, Wisconsin, Nebraska, or are you going to go out and live with Minnesota? No, I am going to go uh, Wisconsin. All right. Well, folks, I am going to go Nebraska. Boom. And it's only because... I think they've got some talent there and new coach that actually people like right and now. And I partied with uh, Mike Riley at a Bob Schneider New Year's Eve. And that's the other reason. He's a Bob <laughs> Schneider. So, all right. Well, uh, next week, another round of previews. And uh, God knows, maybe some MLB trade talk, though I highly doubt it. And uh, that's it. So, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Peace out. Post game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.